To the first comics news podcast. All right, we're back after a brief one week hiatus due to some mechanical issues of one of our vehicles. Uh, but we're back with a new First Comics News podcast. Uh, this time we're going to be taking a look at some nice independent comics from Dark Horse, IDW, Image, Valiant, Valiant, and uh, a small niche publisher, Marvel. <laughs> now, no DC again this week. Uh, I flipped through a bunch of DC stuff, and I, I couldn't stand it. So, um, I, Yeah, and I'm only ever going to talk about The Flash or a DC uh, movie or television program. Sorry, DC fans, but I'm not, I'm not feeling it right now. Yeah, me neither. All right, uh, what's your lead comic you want to talk about? What do we got? What do we got? Um, let's, uh, let's go straight into something that I've noticed for this month's releases in the independent realm, which is the comedy um, kind of tongue-in-cheek or just straight-up we want to be funny and offensive as possible offering. There were a few, and I was surprised that they made it as far as they did, like to being published. It's they all felt all three of these that I, I want to talk about felt like kind of random web comics to me. Um, so I want to go with one that was probably obviously self-published which was uh, called Mudafucker. And it is M-U-T-A-F-U-C-T-A-S. Yep. Was, was that independent or image? No, that was independent. That oh, was, it was uh, independent, okay. S- looked like maybe self-published. Even. Oh. And it ended up on our radar by the usual means. Yep, yep. Um, it, as far as I could tell, it was just a bunch of random images thrown onto a page with a little dot guy with arms and legs running around doing wacky things and some pizza with wings and you know and then picture and then a whole lot of pictures of the guys that drew it and came up with it and the their 12 year journey of making it happen and I, I don't know what you're talking about you didn't I, I, you I've read a different mother fathers <laughs> I read the one with Jesus. No, that's, a different, that's part two what, what, of this conversation. What's, what's the name of that comic Holy book? fuck. <laughs> all right. Then I have, all right then, yes, I have not read that. <laughs> okay. So. That, you're right. I, I couldn't find that one in our review. Yeah. Swash. All I really can say is. Uh, Sounds Just awesome. because you spent 12 years on something <laughs> doesn't make it worth making. I mean. Phantom Man. Let's move on. Move on. Holy fucked. Now we can discuss. Alright. That's where Jesus is Jesus dating is married Satan and impregnated male him. Satan with a mustache who is pregnant. All of which you think, that sounds kind of wacky in a, a weird kind of a way. I'm down with that. But 
It just doesn't really have any... I don't know. Was any of that funny to you at all? None of it and was... And it was supposed to be? None of it was funny nor shocking. Yeah, uh, like, we go back to, like, the Airboy shock value thing of just they're doing that. But what they've done with that is they've turned... It's a kind of a meta thing. It's a, you know, this is us, and this is our story with Airboy, and he's getting blown, you know, in a bathroom, mm-hmm. and we're there. We're doing it, too. <laughs> this was just like... I just picture a couple of dudes getting stoned, going, what if Jesus and Satan yeah. had their baby? That's exactly the image I had. Uh, two stoners back in high school, skateboarding kids who were like, were, got stoned and made a comedy. Yep. It's like he skateboards, uh, they, they have full frontal of Jesus, who, strangely enough, isn't circumcised. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of odd. I, I found that, you know. Nice. Uh, I like that you paid that much attention yeah. <laughs> to the detail. Well, it was, to be honest, a full, a full page splash. It was, it was. So it was kind of hard to miss. Uh yeah, I mean, it It was just one of those things. Uh, when uh, South Park started to take off, God, what's it been, 20 years now? Yeah. When that started to come off, there was a whole slew of raunchy cartoons that hit the, the networks, the you know, cartoon network. Yeah, they, uh, they and threw all whatever the, they could find. Yeah, they, I think there was like one that was really edgy with like a bunny, and they were doing all kinds of weird stuff, just trying to be... Because they saw South Park and thought it would just be rude and controversial and people will love it. Right. And they didn't have that little uh, spark to it. And that's what this was. I was kind of reading it and I was like, yeah, I can see how this would upset some people. And, you know, they'll get maybe they'll get some news press and some small newspaper in the Midwest about yeah. this and they'll be there five minutes. But it, it wasn't anything that I can see anybody picking up with any sort of enthusiasm or looking forward to being continued next month. No. I've... Honestly, man, I just... I there are so many comic books and TV shows and movies and and human interaction and work that I have to do. I just I don't have time for Jesus dicks. I got we gotta. Well, I have time for well done Jesus dicks, <laughs> but but if when you're, it's wrapped if in, you're in a, a poor wrapper, it's it's not the best. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. Let's move on to. What I would call the only actual legitimate offering in this kind of trio of trio uh, nonsense, of nonsense is, uh the Dark Horse Comics release of the Paybacks number one. When I saw the cover, I thought this is going to be kind of like a tick takes on nineties yeah. nonsense. Yeah, they have the main character whose name is Night Night. Night Night, but it's K N I G H T space N I G H T, which. Yeah. Or, or that I had that backwards. I think I had that backwards, so it's like night, night. Right, it's night, night. He's a knight. At night. And he's on his knees screaming no as they repossess his nightmobile. Right, he's he's kind of like a, you know, kind of like the, a Batman-ish. Yeah. I mean, he has a butler London's and a version of and all this Batman. stuff. And he's got a unicorn. He doesn't ride. I'm, I'm pretty sure that the unicorn is just his character. But um, it has... A guy that's an obvious uh, punch up on uh, the Lee Field, uh, you know, his name's Battery Blood. No, the guy that's got the uh, the. Well, they introduced the, like twelve characters, and six of them died. Like you, pretty you know quickly. what? And I think you, you touched upon issue number one. 
the tick has a huge menagerie of villains and heroes and random people but he doesn't introduce 12 people in one comic book you build this stuff up over time maybe they were afraid that maybe they were like i love all these characters i gotta jam them in here maybe it was like kind of a nod to that ridiculous like era where they would just jam nine people on a team and in issue one they'd be like and here's how you here's the team and you need to love them all right now yeah um from the old image days so the basic premise of the comic is there's this group of superhero wannabes i guess who go around and they when superheroes need money to build their fancy equipment and everything that they can't afford normally they borrow money and if they don't pay it back this group goes, repossesses the items, and the, make the superhero work until it, the loan's paid off. Right. So they're all kind of indentured into this program, uh, kind of like a, I don't know, like a light version of Suicide Squad. Yeah. Where once, once they've done enough jobs and collected enough, their, their debts erased, and they can go back to being normal old superheroes. Right. But Night Knight's the newest guy who's uh, defaulted, and they show up at his house, and his butler runs away, and they go down to his uh, night cave and they're repossessing all the stuff when he gets back and uh i don't know i it, it, it never it never explained i guess i don't know this doesn't seem like it has a lot of longevity to it just because i know what they want to do they want to go and here's why this guy's on the team because he didn't pay this or she didn't you know she beat up the creditors or whatever yeah. but it's not it needs to be it it was really like all over the place right yeah i couldn't tell if it was trying to be like a parody or like a tick type of funny comic because there was some moments like that of surrealness uh if it was doing one of those meta realistic looks at heroes and how they afford all these things and they have these huge equipments and vehicles and stuff that there's no way they'd actually ever be able to get in real life right you know and or if it was just like a you know a dark look at it, you know there's you know some violence in there, people getting killed and yeah, oh, I, I just kind of figure out what the point was, what the what the end goal, what I was supposed to be feeling at the end of the issue. Yeah, as is, an, as issue number one goes, then it didn't have a lot going on. What it did have going on was that the art was pretty good. Yeah, the art like was the solid. Art. The cover was great. Yep, the cover was great. Um, just. The characters, I did, wasn't feeling any of the characters, and I wasn't feeling the storyline. Night Night, that's a humorous, but I've heard that before. So, you know, it reminds me of something like a, a humor collage of characters I read years ago from just some random dude. So, uh, the only thing that I, that I will say that I genuinely laughed at was the Doctor Strange hippie hybrid guy that they go to see. He points his finger and he's gonna do some magic mumbo jumbo and he does the little laser pew. I thought that was that was funny to me because I I like to do that. So aside from that, yeah, I, I like doing the horse luck. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it starts talking. Yeah, I'll never forget I'll you. Never forget you. <laughs> and then he goes away. It's fine. I gotta go. <laughs> so that is uh, you know moments of. Of humor in there, but we really kind of had to dig for it. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a comic that's searching for its uh, its footing. But it does have cool art. It so does. 
I mean, out of the three, it's it. worth at least flipping through on yes. the stands. X, yeah, that yeah. would be that would be the one I would actually flip through. Yeah, I mean, what was the other one, motherfucker? <laughs> motherfucker, motherfucker. You're gonna be able to find that one. Yeah, that's gonna be tough. Uh, but you know, maybe a gift for mom. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for the perfect gift, you know, I'd recommend that one. <laughs> All right, so uh, we've covered that. Is there anything you want to do? Uh, just the usual Star Wars nonsense, but I did have uh, I did pick up issue 148 of Usagi Yojimbo. Oh, I love you, uh, yeah. Stan Sakai. Stan Sakai. The now I I read a lot of used to read a lot of Usagi Yojimbo, and I come and go, you know, I'll pick up a couple issues, I'll go away for a bit, and I guess he hasn't done much in the last couple of years. He hasn't been very well, uh, but he's back with a solo uh, story, The One Armed Swordsman, Part One of One. I love this. And it's a nice little self-contained uh, story published by Dark Horse. I love, I don't know what, what I love about this, but I do appreciate, it's 350. I appreciate the fact that uh, the creator, Stan Saki, Sakai, 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 he does every, pretty much everything himself. Sure. And he has. Except for the color, uh, the color on the cover. Everything's by himself. There's not a single advertisement in this. On the front, back, anywhere. The back cover has a, an illustration of you saw of uh, the main character, uh, which what's his name? Uh, 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 Miyamoto Yojimbo. Mm -hmm. is, is that what the character's name is? Ah, shoot, I'm drawing a. Is that right? Miyamoto. Oh, it's Miyamoto Yusagi. It's yeah. the actual rap, uh, bunny's name. Uh, so they have an illustration of him. They have one page of letters. Uh, a summary recap in the first, and then, and then just the story. Bunch of art yep. in a story. No promotional stuff from Dark Horse. No coming soon. Nothing. I'm I mean, convinced. it's just like he published it back twenty years ago when you bought I'm it from Fantagraphics. I'm convinced he said yes. I would love for you guys to produce this for me. We're not putting ads in it. Nothing. Um, also, you need to run that by my house. Um, I mean, no house ads. Very unusual in this day and age. I, it Really, if you replace the Dark Horse with the Fantagraphics logo, you'd probably be able to pass it off as one that he published 20 years ago. And I'll tell you this. This is issue 148. You, if you want, if you're curious about Usagi, if you just want to glimpse into it, and every time you see it, it's part one of three, one of five. Uh, you know, you don't, it's pretty easy to jump into the world because he's always got the girl with him or he's always got his, his ninja buddy sure. hanging out They're but incredibly accessible yeah but this is the most accessible one with one of the better stories uh, that's come along in a while it's just a fun read it there's is. nothing like you're reading it and you know every every guy who lips off to him is expendable so you just read through the comic looking for the panel where the little skulls rise up from the guys that just get stabbed because yeah. that is the best that is one of those great uh, things in any comic you pick up is there's going to be a fight and some people are going to drop but it's not going to be blood and guts everywhere it's just these little ghost skulls kind of float away kind of a signature thing oh, absolutely. I really love it yeah it's I mean, he's he's got it down. If you if you see him at a show, he'll bang out a he'll bang out a rabbit head in about five seconds. 
Yeah, he's actually kind of an interesting dude, from what I understand. Like, he won't, he doesn't allow Usagi to be uh, used in any cameos, mm-hmm. if you will. So, like, when you have a, you know, whatever, hundredth issue of you know some comic, and they're like, you know, they have the pinups by different people. They'll have like a Usagi one, and Usagi will be saying, you know, like happy anniversary. But he doesn't let Usagi, you know, be with, you know. He he won't be in a Justice League. Yeah, right. You know, it's, uh, I can't remember which one. God, I remember when I read the story, I was like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. But they, they were going to, they wanted him to do a sketch of like Usagi with the character, you know, probably some image comic, whatever. And he's like, no, I don't do, I'm not going to draw the Savage Dragon. I'll draw Savage (laughs) Dragon for you. But I'm not going to draw Usagi with him. Usagi's, okay. you know, he belongs in this time period. He doesn't do cameos. That's fair. Which I thought was uh, kind he, of interesting. But, you know, he owns his character. He created him. He loves his character. He loves the world he's he's in. There, and he, he's, you know, he's realized that he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to bend yeah, on this, any of that. Yeah, the uh, character of Miyamoto Usagi is probably uh, just about as close to a sibling you know or an offspring that could possibly be yeah i, I mean he, so. he has probably he's, that's what he's done you know he's done this and he's done a short miniseries space usagi uh a space ujimbo space ujimbo. ujimbo yeah which was like maybe five or six issues but everything else has been this this is his life's work this is what he's been working on and it and if you look back and that's what you were you were known for i'd be pretty Pretty proud. I'm pretty yeah. proud of myself. Yeah, it's a hell of a comic to pick up, and it's great to see it still being published. And that is Dark Horse, who does publish some pretty good stuff. Yeah, and they publish omnibuses of uh, older issues, reprinting the whole line in a nice square-bound format. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, check I it out. It. Rock and roll. Um, so uh, before we get before we jump right into the the Star Wars spectacular. Uh-huh. Of Nerdery. Hey, have we talked about Shattered Empire? We talked about it last time. Okay, I can't keep track of what we talked about. <laughs> we Th- this one week off threw my schedule completely off. Yeah, we talked some Poe Dameron. Oh, right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, let me ask you something. <laughs> What's up? Finn. Finn, yes. You mean Finn Calrissian? That's, that's what I'm asking. Do you think that's Mando's son? I don't think that they would just say, all right, here's a black character. He has to be related to the only other black character. It is a small universe. <laughs> I think I think that would be a bit of a stretch. It would be a cool thing because everybody loves Lando Calrissian. You want a Calrissian character in the new stuff. Yeah. You just do. But he doesn't he seems like kind of a more of a soldier guy based on previews, right? Yeah, he may be an estranged son or oh, hell, who knows? Like, maybe he's like, maybe you're Lando... you're too chaotic, Dad. I'm, yeah. I'm maybe Lando the lost him in a bet. <laughs> yeah, it's been known to happen with Lando, <laughs> Lando and his children. Oh, Lando! Are you for or against post-credit scene in uh, Star Wars: A Force Awakens? Oh yeah, um, I love it in the Marvel world, except the last two have been really crappy like nothing going on like the ant-man one was just like oh her getting the wasp costume yeah and the the and the little the secret wars beat the civil war beat with falcon going up to captain america and saying hey man i found someone that can oh right right well they have uh well they have the winter soldier yeah yeah um 
yeah, I, I just I haven't been. I haven't, the one from Avengers two. I don't even remember it. I can't keep track. That's of what I'm saying. It's like you remember the shawarma. Yeah, scene. And the Guardians of the Galaxy. The Guardians the of the Galaxy. Scene. Yeah, you remember this stuff, but I don't know. So, uh, I think it would be cool. And people that are fans of Star Wars, if you give us anything at all, I'm going to sit there and watch a preview five times in a row. Right. If you give us a little thing at the end of something, go, hey, they filmed five extra seconds of this? Oh. I don't have a problem with yeah, it. Yeah, there's been some debate on different podcasts if it if it fits the Star Wars motif. It doesn't really. You know, if, if it's worth it or someone wanted a, a preview of uh the was it Rogue One mm-hmm. movie, you know, maybe like an extended two minute, you know, preview of that movie to kind of set that it's it ties in with it, but it's not the actual sequel. It's not episode eight. But is there a need? I mean Maybe there's a need because it's the first kind of offshoot movie from the yeah. main storyline. Yeah, it's not going to have any of the major characters in it. I it's going to have Alan Tudyk in it, so I'm going to show up and watch it anyway. Yeah. I think it'd be cool for a small little you think, scene at the end. You think there should be a little? Yeah, I think thing? I think a little maybe, should it be humorous or yeah, something. Well, maybe a little wedge action. Who's not? You know who the actor says? Yeah, I'm not in this movie, and just a little wedge action. Maybe like uh, I don't like that. I don't like that Wedge isn't in this. You can't jam everyone in, then it just becomes silly. I know, but... But like, then you have him as the post credit scene. You have Wedge, like, show up and be like, hey man, you got that same credit you owe me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I tried to skip through the Star Wars, but you jumped right into it. Bottom line is, I don't think Finn is going to be related to Lando, although it would be cool to have a Calrissian. I don't mind the them pimping Rogue One because it might need a little extra but they don't really need to do anything for this 789 series um yeah we can talk Lando since we brought up the Calrissians if you like I just wanted to uh talk about an actual legitimate couple of humorous comments Legitimate humorous. Legitimately humorous comics that um, Image released a quarterly adventure comic called Headlopper. Headlopper! And I I thought this was such a fun comic book because obviously you know what his name is. You know what he's doing. You know that uh, he's going to chop off somebody's head at some point. And I think his name is like Grunar or something like that. He's yeah. just like, it's coming. Yeah, right. with his witch head. Yeah, he's kid. walking around with a severed head of the blue witch. And, man, I just, it was a fun, I thought it was a pretty pretty fun, like, thing. He's like, he goes and he's battling the sea leviathan. And he gets done, he chops the thing's head off, and he goes back. And the, and the church is like, thank you so much. He's like, I'm going to need that money we talked about. Like, oh, we... Well, we don't. We don't really have any any money. Well, you know, it's like, could you do it out of the goodness of your heart? And he's like, no, I'm I'm headlopper. <laughs> and he takes the the priest's diamond Gold, encrusted yeah, diamond. Uh, necklace. Yeah, or the yeah. Um, and he takes the the talking blue witch head with him, which is a very funny 
thing. He goes and he, you know, he he takes care of business. He takes care of business, lopping off heads. Um, and it wasn't like on the nose funny, but there was a lot of things that I really. It, it was a comic that made you chuckle without attempting to be funny. Exactly. The closest comic I could relate to it would be Bone. Bone. How Bone popped out fully to fully formed from the first issue. I mean, this comic felt like the the guy had been doing it for years. Right. Like, this was volume six. And it just starts up, and you get on it, and it just smooth. And it is, like, it's it's not like Earth, you know, the supernatural elements. But it's not too crazy. It's still based, uh, very grounded. But the thick inking on the characters and the, the fluid motions that the guy draws. I liked it so much that I... I want to give him a shout because the he was the writer and the artist. His name is Andrew McLean, and the dude, it's obvious that he has he loves this character. He loves and he and he knows the story he wants to tell and how he wants to tell it. And you're right the the way it's drawn informs the enjoyment out of it. And the, the coloring was good too. Mike Spicer did the colors, and I don't know. It kind of was like a. I don't know. It had like it was like Bone Conan, groove kind of, not not groove like, yeah, on the nose but kind of almost whimsical. Yeah, in, in in the parts, it's interesting that what is it part one of four or something? Right, like it's, it's but, quarterly. But instead of doing twelve monthly issues, he's preferred to do quarterly with three issues in one comic. So you he. Was, he had a little text piece where he was like, you know, I don't want to interrupt the story. Right. You know, I want you to read as much of the story uninterrupted as possible, uh, which is pretty cool. Because I mean, you can tell he's a storyteller. Yes. And he wants this to be something worth something. He doesn't want to just throw something out there and go, I hope, hope for the best. So I'm pretty impressed with it, and I'm looking forward to three months from now. Yeah. <laughs> On the downside, we have three months to go until the next uh, collection comes out. Although I will say there is one very legitimately laugh out loud thing of, with the blue witch head where they're, they're having the big fight in the mm-hmm. at the end and the the witch is sitting there just running her Shining mouth out. and he's like, tell that witch to hold her tongue. <laughs> and so <laughs> the priest is holding the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, it was it was funny, but it didn't seem like it was trying to be funny. No, no. Yeah, that's very hard to pull off. It it was, and you can tell he spent a very long time making everything work properly, and that's the difference. You you can tell when someone, you know, everyone values their own work, but you can tell when someone really loves what they're doing and they yeah. they want to they want to share it and make sure everyone. Yeah, you finish that comic and you're like, this guy knows how to make comics. Yep. I mean, that's no bullshit. You know, this guy has, what do the kids say? Mad skills? You know, I, <laughs> I don't mean, think they said that anymore. They don't say that anymore? Well, they should, because that's a great saying. But it, it, it's a very tight product. Yeah, absolutely. Very professional. I, it just it is really, really well. And I'm, I applaud Image for letting him do that. Oh, yeah. I you mean, know? Image lets people do whatever the hell they want to do over there sometimes. Sometimes, not to their detriment, but sometimes it works just like this. I mean, but, I mean this... He's really handicapped himself with this format. Yeah. You know, the the casual guy who buys this may not remember in three months. You know, True. And, and 
not having a monthly book over 12 months is, uh, I mean, first issue, you know, values kind of go up. Oh, people, it gets a buzz. Second issue, they increase sales. Mm-hmm. You know, you get keep that momentum here. It's like, here's this, you know, we'll see you in three months and hope the momentum carries over. It's almost like he's just banking on people enjoying it enough to, to I, I think he just wants it. This is the format he wants it in, and he'll be damned about the sales. There you go. Some people have made it work. Stan Sakai is one of them. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 impressive. It is. Um, the other um, offering that I thought was funny was um, Ivar, the Time Walker, from Valiant. I don't know anything about this character. He's a, one of the returning ones, right? He's, right. He, he had comics before. Right. He's one of Valiant's reboot uh, characters. I know nothing about I know nothing about. I know very little about Valiant, other than Archer and Armstrong is good, and and I think these are the guys who who did Archer and Armstrong. Fred Van Lint yep. wrote it, and Clayton Henry is the artist. Mm-hmm. And man, this was so good. I read it and I thought, okay, well, I know, I know sort of where this guy's coming from. It's some kind of like, since he's a time traveler. And he travels with some. You can catch him at any point. So they caught him before he even became a time traveler and started time traveling with him. Problem with the multiverse. Everything's falling apart. And I guess his old partner or someone, she goes and finds him right as he's about to mess something up. And... uh He's he's kind of like a Mesopotamian kind of a guy, so he's he doesn't he's thinking in old DC ways. He gets there, he's he doesn't like it. He's being jerked all over the place. She's got him going everywhere. There's clown Vikings showing up. Which, you know, thankfully that I think that universe was destroyed. Um, I don't want to get I don't want to give too much away, but it was a humorous but good story. It was kind of like a I mean if you're a fan of Doctor Who the 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 episodes where the funny things happen but you can tell there's probably going to be a larger story is what I would equate this to. And it, the dinosaur riding the dinosaur at the end was just icing on the cake. Dinosaur and dinosaur action is excellent. People cool. love dinosaur yeah. and dinosaur. And that's uh that was it for those offerings there. There's a couple of legitimate Entertaining comics amid the Jesus behind it. <laughs> yes. Now, let us move on to Star Wars. Star Wars, issue nine, moving right along here. Uh, you know, another very, very interesting issue. Uh, both storylines, both Han Solo and Luke Skywalker picked up. Han Solo, I think, is a little less interesting because nothing is really progressing. The thing about the, here's here's what I like about the Han Solo thing is that Leia is getting some teeth. She's, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, you know, issue eight. He's like, I'm gonna handle this, and you know, she kicks him in the ass and pulls a gun on both of them. You know, yep. and he's like, What's going on? <laughs> um. And I thought it was a very funny thing where the, his, quote, wife and Leia both tell him to shut up in unison. Yeah. That was good. 
Um, that, but other than that, um, not not the most compelling tale. Here's what I like about the Luke Skywalker part of the story. He goes from blowing up the Death Star to, you know, going and recovering. You know, he, I don't want to say he beats Boba Fett, but he escapes Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. And he's thinking, all right, now I'm going to go to Pirate Planet and get some information on the on the Jedi. How hard can it be? Because I'm going straight to the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. I love that he's really kind of a dumbass. You know? Like, you get the sense, like, something happened in between him blowing up the Death Star and him being in charge of a bunch of dudes on Hoth. And you were seeing his very terrible learning curve where he just goes to the pirate planet, walks into the first bar he finds and says, hey, I'm looking for... And they just say, shoot him, take his stuff, leave him in a ditch. And he pulls his lightsaber out. That, to me, is... If anyone has ever played a Star Wars role-playing game, everyone who wants to be a Jedi always thinks the best thing they can do is pull out their lightsaber in public. This demonstrates why that is the dumbest thing you can possibly do because everyone wants A, your lightsaber, B, your head, C, any random uh, credits you happen to have. Yeah, you know uh, that the Empire has is out on the lookout for these Jedi. So, you know, bad news <laughs> know, is coming. Like... If, but, I mean, it's great. You have, uh, what was his name? Gracchus the Hut. Oh, there's a new hut. This genetically a modified guy with the little robotic legs and the... And he has the, what is it they call He's got those old uh, Clone Wars Magna Droids. Yeah, Magna Droids. The guys, the, uh, the Grievous bodyguards. Yeah, you see Luke do a little lightsaber battle. Yeah, he doesn't do well. Uh, he just knocks Luke out, and he's actually a, a collector of all things uh, Which I didn't, that was Jedi, totally unexpected. So. Yes. So, yeah, Luke wakes up, and he's in this room full of Jedi antiquities. And the hut's holding a hologram. It's Only like someone a, who's strong in the Force can unlock it. Right. And uh, Luke doesn't he doesn't get it open. Spoiler alert. He dies. Yeah. And then they clone him. And that's who comes <laughs> back in Empire Strikes Back. But I, I do like uh, when he's doing the countdown. Yeah. He's like, no nonsense. He gets to five and he's like, kill him. Yeah. And he's like, I'm sorry, Ben. Yeah. And then what is the coolest scene in this issue Luke, or was it, or is it Ben? Is it Ben that does it for him? I don't know. I, yeah. Who knows? This, not one, but many holocrons open all at once. And you get this really cool sense of all these different little Jedi images showing up, giving little intro speeches. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, you know, you get a, Kind of see where Luke's going to get some of his Jedi guidance from. Uh, his knowledge about saber creation mm -hmm. uh, that he does between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Uh, and of course, uh, the Hut is thrilled that he now owns the last, the last Jedi. Jedi. You know, what you are, dear boy, is the last Jedi. And now you belong to me. 
right that was that was cool so let's talk about mon mothma does she love anyone does she love anyone As, like they're like oh we just uh r2 is of course you know man on the scene right on the scene r2's like sends back the code hey luke got captured by this hut guy send reinforcements and of course uh leia and han are off with han's wife getting shot at by the imperials so you've got uh who is it maydeen in there yeah and mon and, mothma and uh akbar, akbar yeah uh, mon mothma they're like well we don't really have anyone to spare mon mothma's like Thanks for blowing up the Death Star. My sorry, dude, you're not that important. Yeah, and I'm like, didn't you just like roll into the room? You know, I sent many Bothans to their certain death to get information about this other Death Star. So, but just FYI, the Skywalker kid. Thanks, thanks for the blowing up that first one. But uh, but I, I you know, she does a good job explaining it. You know, she she's saying you know. I'm afraid the hard truth is we can't. We can't move in force against the hut, especially on this world. For a covert team to go into such a place without support would be suicide. I simply cannot give the order. Not even to rescue one man, not even one who saved so many. So, I mean, there's, you know, there's gravitas to yeah, it. Yeah, she's not like, uh, okay. But she's gotta, not just saying, okay, piss off. But, but you got to look at her from her point of view, too. You know, they're on the run. They just blew up the Death Star. They're consolidating their forces for the first time, and then all of a sudden Luke goes off on a personal mission, winds up on a planet full of criminals. Right. And Takes now he's in trouble. Astromech with them. Yeah, now he's like, well, I need help. And she's like, well, <laughs> what the hell are you doing on a planet of mobsters? And she's been left in charge since Leia is off on a, a another mission. Yep. I do love seeing uh, Akbar this early. It's nice, it's nice that he's kind of like, Invested. Yeah, he now. was always throughout the saga. May not have been on camera, but he was still there. Plotting. He was in the background, you know, whispering in people's ears. It's a trap. It's a trap. Hey, anybody try this macaroni salad? It's a trap. <laughs> and then, you know who does volunteer to save young Luke Skywalker? Nope. Spoiler alert. I, I don't. I feel like I shouldn't tell him. I think. <laughs> I feel like that's. One of those great little ending moments. I will tell you what I did learn from that issue is that neither of the two new Marvel uh, Avengers titles are anything that I'm going to be interested in. They look almost laughably different. Yeah, this whole, the all new, all different Avengers with the black Captain America, the girl Thor... Well, it's the Sam Mus Wilson. I mean, you know, the well, Falcon the, the, is the, the, legit dude. The, the young Muslim Captain Marvel, it's, the Puerto Rican Spider-Man. Uh, who the hell is Iron Man these days? I don't even know if it's... I don't, I don't think, think it's, it's Rhodey. Tony Stark. Uh, yeah, maybe Pepper Potts. Star. I don't know. Uh, seems a little... Uh, Isn't it just like... Forced. Don't you feel like it's just like we're doing this... Um, so, so Captain Planet So they're thing. rebooting this whole thing to issue ones again. So it's the all-new, all-different oh Avengers... God. Then you have the Protectors of the Spider-Verse, Web Warriors, oh issue one. That just looks awful. Five oh. different, uh, was it Silk, Spider-Girl, Spider Spider-Ham, all these things. Then you have the Uncanny Avengers, which with 
This is like right out of the 90s. Spider-Man, Quicksilver. uh, Deadpool. Deadpool, the Human Torch. Is that supposed to be Scarlet Witch? No, that's Rogue. That's Rogue. Oh, that's a horrible picture of Rogue. It's bad art. Who's this? Uh, That's Brother Voodoo. Okay, and... I... That looks like someone from Valiant. I feel like Ninjack. Yeah, but that's a Valiant character. Yeah, and old Steve Rogers. Is that who that is? Yeah, they still haven't... They still haven't... Quesada still hasn't given up on returning Steve Rogers to being Captain America. The only thing that I think is marginally... Oh, why are they rebooting Squirrel Girl? Isn't... They're rebooting everything. Even Howard the Duck. They're, after issue six, they're rebooting everything to issue one. I will show you something cool. The Howling Commandos with Swamp Thing actually intrigues me. Oh, yeah? I don't know why, but it just seems... The Howling Commandos Dum Dum Dugan shield? is here with his Tommy gun, and there's some kind of weird clay man standing behind him. I just, yeah. I give it six issues, then it'll be canceled. Uh, Howard the Duck is showing up in... Issue number 10 of something in that thread. I think he's showing up in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the tagline for the, the new Mighty Avengers, they're not actually the Mighty Avengers anymore. They've scratched out Mighty and put, like, hardest trying, tryhards or something. I'm like... <laughs> oh, the world's most dedicated, Earth's most dedicated heroes. It's, it's like a participation award Avengers. I don't want any part of it. It's, yeah. It looks terrible. Yeah. Please stop with this. Yeah, these reboots are getting uh, hard it's, to keep track of. So getting out of hand. All right, you want to you want to veer around to Lando number four? Wrap it up. I mean, not really. Okay. Yeah, we'll wait. Uh, Lando issue five comes out next week, and then that'll be the end of the series. All right. We so, can, yeah, I feel like we yeah, can. yeah. So we can do a complete wrap up of the Lando five issue series. I feel good about that. Uh, I guess we've decided that we're going to be going to New York Comic Con on Thursday. We're gonna make it happen. And I make it happen, taking the bus down for a day full of excitement. It'll be, it'll be fun. I'm going to see Statue of Liberty. No, you won't. Uh, postcard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you get, you get to see the inside of a convention hall. I'm going hall. from the bus station to the convention hall. I might, I'll probably see Felicia Day and others signing autographs while I'm looking for 10 cent comics. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of a lot of dealers there. Oh, man, there's something else I wanted to talk about too, and I can't. The Archie panel. No. Dark Circle, Red Circle. Um, no, that one. Ah, there was just some. Oh, man, at the Comic Con. Uh, you were talking, then I was like, "Oh yeah, we should bring this up," and then I forgot about was it. Was it Star Wars? I don't know. We have a. There's a see the panel. Little preview for Jessica Jones. No, I'm excited though. They put I'm out excited, a little, man. very, very, very uh, small teaser for that. Um. Which is going to be cool. It looks well cast. I'm um, excited about that. Um, I think Agents of Shield season three is coming soon, as well. I don't know. You don't. You're not. You're not into that. But I, I I'm still hanging on to it. Um, I don't like that. Last season they took out the guy I liked the best. But whatever. They're going to do that. They're just going to keep doing it. Um. And uh, I wanted to ask you one thing about a preview of something, uh, but I can't. I also can't remember it. So that's yeah, some, this some, is this is award winning podcasting. Yeah, something right we're here. Gonna you know what? We don't down. actually write notes, so this is just 
it's just coming off the top of our heads here. Coming off the top. You were in the middle of a monologue about one of the comics. And, uh, something popped into my head, and I was like, oh, yeah, we, we'll talk about that. That'll fit. And then by the time you were done with what it was, eventually a lengthy monologue, uh, <laughs> I had completely forgotten my train of thought. To be fair, I was twirling my mustache <laughs> while I was talking, though. So. Yep, but now if it pops back into my head, we'll, we'll address it next week. Yeah. Uh, God willing, we'll be back. And then uh, the following week's New York Comic Con. Woo! And it's that quick. And Man, just like that. Bam. We'll be in New York, the Big Apple, home of most of the best Marvel superheroes. Right. And then you'll look around and say, how the hell does Spider-Man swing around? There's only there's not that many <laughs> tall buildings around. It's uh, And I will wonder why uh, their homes aren't robbed on a yeah. daily basis. But it'll be fun. And uh, we'll be back next week and uh, we'll plot out our schedule and what we're going to see and what we're going to do. And so on and so forth. So until then, I am Matt. I am Gabe. And we will talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening. See ya. Thank you for listening to the First Comics News Podcast. Send show feedback to podcast at firstcomicsnews.com. Visit us on the web at firstcomicsnews.com for all your comic, movies, TV, and gaming news. Podcast is copyright Matthew Suchek, Patrick Dufresne, and Richard Barber.